somewhere between waking and sleeping, on our journey towards the unfathomable deep, there comes a thin moment where we have one foot in the waking world and the other is in that other world where we relinquish conscious control. Pausing here and straddled between two planets that drive one another like gears, the attentive traveller will notice a narrow door only wide enough to sidle through. This is the border of sleep, where imagination and reality are braided together, a chasm in the crust of consciousness venting the hot pumice of imagery into the irresistible magma of narrative. Welcome to episode 42 of Stories from the Borders of Sleep, a semi and hopefully increasingly regular podcast of curious tales from bordersofsleep.com featuring original stories by your host Seymour Jacklin. You can visit bordersofsleep.com for more information, to leave some feedback or you can even buy me a coffee. You can also find us on Facebook so come and join the conversation there or lurk if you wish. And many thanks to all the listeners who have been in touch by email or through Facebook or leaving comments on the website. It's hugely encouraging to me and it's wonderful to be able to connect in that way. The soundtrack for this week's episode is by Uke Mad. His album Lights Off, which is available from magnatune.com. So if you are ready to journey with me, then I shall begin. Lady Isabella by Seymour Jacklin Millie took her basket with her, intending upon filling it with chamomile for drying. As she walked to the gate, Lady Isabella waddled up and quacked at her as if to say, Can I come too? Go on, said Millie, opening the gate. The snails are always juicier on the other side, I suppose. Quack, said Lady Isabella. She flip-flopped through the gate, then broke into a run with her neck stretched out. Got it. She buried her beak in the grass of the verge and came up looking pleased with herself. Millie closed the gate behind them. Come on then, she said, starting up the lane. Lady Isabella followed, looking left and right. Occasionally another snack would distract her, and she'd dart into the hedge to snarf it. But she kept up very well, walking behind and to the side of Millie's right ankle most of the time. It was still early, and the dew had not yet pulled its cover off. A perfect time to pick chamomile. A perfect time for snails, too. Isabella was the most talkative little duck that Millie had ever known. After every little foray into the hedgerow, she'd return to Millie's feet and quack boastfully as if she was reporting back on the state of play. I wish I knew what you were saying, said Millie. I sometimes think you're trying to remind me of something I forgot. She did a quick mental inventory. She had her basket and scissors. She had surely closed the door of the stove before she left. Or had she? Silly me, she said aloud. She had been worrying about her memory lately. Sometimes she caught herself standing in the hallway, not sure if she was leaving or arriving. It was upsetting, 
Nevertheless, the childhood she'd lived out, going down this very same lane on her way to school most days, that seemed just yesterday. As she walked, she thought of the day she'd gotten new boots and kicked her way through every puddle. A few of the trees that had been best for climbing were still standing today, with their familiar outlines barely changed. There was a little path beside the school that led behind it to a downward sloping meadow, where as a child she'd never tired of making herself jewellery from the grasses. There was a cow in the field today. She'd not seen it here before. It did not seem to notice her approach until she was just a couple of steps away. Then the cow looked up ponderously. She looked at Millie with her wet brown eyes for a moment, chewing thoughtfully. Hello, said Millie. The cow stopped chewing. Hello, it said. Oh, Millie exclaimed and frowned at the cow. Then she looked about to see if somebody was nearby whose voice she'd mistaken for the cow's. Nobody. Just Lady Isabella, and she could only quack. There's nobody else here, said the cow, causing Millie to look back at her. You can talk, she said. Yes, said the cow. Then went back to chewing and looking at Millie. Talking cow, said Millie, more to herself. Actually, I'm a daikorn, it said. You look like a cow, said Millie, trying to remember if she was dreaming or if she'd eaten something that might give her a funny turn. Suddenly what she'd said sounded rude, but it wouldn't matter if this was just a dream. She had a little test she'd got the knack of to check if she was dreaming. She would try to fly. If she could fly... It was a dream. No, I am a daikorn, the cow repeated. Millie bounced on her toes, trying to will herself into the air. What's a daikorn? she asked, feeling a little rude again, but believing she was about to take off and fly away from the conversation. Unicorn, one horn. Daikorn, two horns, explained the cow. Tricorn, three horns, said Lady Isabella, helpfully. You as well, said Millie, looking at the duck who was near her feet. Lady Isabella cocked her head and looked up sideways at Millie. She was working her beak in a chewing motion too. The cow, chewing. The duck, also chewing. The cow, uh, I mean bicorn, talking. The duck, also talking. Both were looking at her as if she was the odd one. Definitely a dream, Millie decided, then ignored them and tried to jump into the air. Are you trying to fly? asked Lady Isabella, opening her wings casually and closing them again, as if she just happened to be rearranging her feathers at that moment. Now you need to know that Millie was kind and not easily flustered, so what happened next is a little out of character. No, I am not trying to fly, she snapped. Then she put her basket down, sunk to the ground and buried her face in her shaking hands. Silly me, silly me, she muttered. You couldn't tell where the ragged heads of the meadow herbs ended and the faded flowers printed on her skirt began. The cow, Dicorn, took a step closer to her, near enough to whisper in her ear. 
Lady Isabella put her head on one side again and stared at her. Here goes, Millie was thinking. I'll end up like poor Zelda, talking all the time to people who are not there. Silly me, she said again out loud. You seem to say that a lot, the cow remarked directly into her ear. She does, Lady Isabella confirmed. She won't listen when I tell her what nonsense it is. Thinking she is silly is the only silly thing she does. Millie uncovered her face. You never, she began, you never even spoke before. Well, only today you said to me you wished you knew what I was trying to say. I thought perhaps you were hard of hearing, said Lady Isabella. The daikorn spoke again. It's this lucky clover, she said. That's why we can talk to you. She went back to working the cud between her molars as if to underline her point. Millie looked closely at the clover where it was growing under her like a green carpet of tiny coins. She broke off a couple of stalks and they both came up with four leaves. She picked another. Four leaves again. Surely a mistake. Perhaps it was sorrel and not clover. She stroked her hand over the carpet. It was clover all right. And every stem was a four-leaved specimen. Well, here was something that was not just in her mind. Talking ducks and cows could be madness. But she could show anyone a handful of four-leaf clovers and they would have to believe her. It's delicious, you should try it, said Lady Isabella. Forgetting to breathe for a moment, Millie pinched a cluster of clover sprigs and put them in the bottom of her basket. The duck was still talking. Maybe, just maybe, that was real too. Millie began to feel a little giddy. The world becomes a bit unsafe, as much as it also becomes rather exciting when one stumbles upon magic in the wild. And adulthood leaves us ill-equipped to know what to do next. The only useful skills anyone has at that point are those honed in childhood, playing in an imaginary world. A world that seemed closer than yesterday in Millie's memory. She easily slipped back seventy years and opened her sparkling eyes wide. Silly me, she said, but with wonder in her voice, and not really meaning it this time. I think I'll pass on eating the stuff, but you go ahead, she said to Lady Isabella. Then to the cow, I'm sorry, you told me you were a bicorn, but I don't think I got your name. It's Marguerite, said the bicorn. I'm Millie, pleased to meet you. Marguerite huffed through her nose, which was how she showed that she was happy. Please could you help me up, said Millie. Her legs had gone to sleep under her. Marguerite obligingly lowered her head so that Millie could get hold of her horns like handlebars, then gently lifted her to her feet. Thank you. You're a good cow, I mean bicorn. The best bicorn I ever met, she said, putting her arms around Marguerite's neck and resting her cheek against it. Lady Isabella pulled at the corner of Millie's coat with her beak, until Millie looked at her again. Now that we can understand each other, I want to show you something, she said. She kept her beak open in a dramatic grin. What? said Millie. It's down at the pond, let me show you, said Lady Isabella. Millie picked up her basket and said, Let's go. Are you coming too, Marguerite? I think just the two of you should go, Marguerite replied. It was nice talking. Please come back again sometime. Of course, said Millie. 
I will very soon. Then she set off down the hill after Lady Isabella, who was toddling ahead and stopping to look at her like an impatient child. Millie caught up with her at a gap in the rushes around the pond. I have made a special picture of you, she declared, then shuddered her feathers. She seemed excited. Come and see. She walked right to the edge of the pond and pointed down at the water with her beak. Millie trod carefully in the mud behind her and looked down at the water. Her reflection showed up darkly, engulfing the smaller outline of Lady Isabella's. The water took the blue sky above them, soaked out some of the colours and brushed it with a subtle sheen. Where her shadow fell, Millie could see deeper into the water to the mud underneath and a relief map of partially submerged twigs. Do you see the picture? asked Lady Isabella. I see my reflection, said Millie. What am I looking at? Where's this picture you made? That's it, said Lady Isabella. You didn't make that. It's my reflection. I made you look, the duck cackled with laughter, almost as if she'd gone back to quacking. That doesn't mean... Millie began, then stopped herself. Lady Isabella had a point. If she made me look, then in a way she made the reflection. Smart little duck. I'd like to get to know her better, thought Millie. Lady Isabella composed herself again and preened her chest. Wouldn't you like that one on your wall, she said. Now you're being silly, Millie exclaimed, resisting the urge to shove her into the pond with a little nudge. She focused again on her reflection. It was more like a shadow, but she could make out her nose and her eyes and the line of her lips in an amused half-smile. This was how the pond saw her. She preferred it to the mirror in the hallway. You're a good human, the best human I ever met, said Lady Isabella. Thank you, said Millie, and watched the smile grow in her reflection. Not a silly human, Lady Isabella emphasised. As she looked down through the water, Millie felt herself expand towards another world. I'm not quacking up after all, she exclaimed. Lady Isabella did her duck laugh and flung herself into the water with an unnecessary amount of splash. How about a swim then? We should really go home, I've still not had any breakfast, said Millie. Lady Isabella dived and bobbed up again in the middle of the pond. Wait for me, I just want to wet my feathers. Lady Isabella swam out of sight through the reeds. Millie put her hand in her basket and turned over the fistful of four-leaved clovers, wondering perhaps if she could get it to grow in her garden. She sighed and smiled to herself. Lady Isabella popped up again close by and swam to the shore. The two of them walked home in the bright, late morning sun, laughing and teasing like two old friends. Millie thought if she had feathers they would be quivering with joy. She could see long and wonderful days ahead, pottering in the garden, talking with Lady Isabella, her new friend. And if the clover took to growing, the bumblebees would love it too. Now who knows what might happen if the bumblebees got chatty. <laughs>